recording. Yeah. Hi, Terry. Hi, Siri. We're back. Welcome to Grounded Soaring, our podcast that explores how we might raise healthy kids in a too often unhealthy world. I'm Terry DeBow. I run the communications office at Marin Montessori School, and we're going to record and release this episode on basically Grounded and Soaring's first birthday. It's a healthy one-year-old. Happy birthday, Grounded and Soaring. Happy uh, birthday. Happy birthday. And so we're also on the cusp of winter break. Um, and it's been fun to put this together, and uh, we've been heartened to hear that there's an audience out there listening to podcasts and reading blog posts, etc. Um, and so now that break's here, we thought it might be a good idea to hear from Siri Panday, our Director of Education for Toddler and Primary, about ways for young children to make the most of this and any extended break from the routine of school. So welcome, Siri. Thank you so much. Glad to be here. It's always great to have you on here. So let's talk about break. Uh, parents, I remember this when my kids were young, uh, can have a complicated relationship with breaks, particularly uh, parents of young children. Um, they are a time to slow down, reconnect, all the good stuff, but they can also have a lot of downtime and uh, sometimes that can be problematic. Um, so what's your general approach to helping parents uh, and children make the most of these time, the time off from school? So first of all, enjoy the change of pace as a parent, right? We're all excited to not have to rush out the door um, when it's break, and we are probably excited to get some relief from the routines, uh, the crush of the car line, the lunch, uh, making the lunches, and so on. So enjoy it as a parent. And I would say my best and first tip would be to maintain your child's routine and their structure of a good and typical day. Don't throw everything out. Yeah. <laughs> um, you've really gotten into a great space um, at this point in the year when you when you reach winter break with your routine. So don't throw that all away. Keep the bedtime and wake times the same, if at all possible. Really? If at all possible. If at all possible. I mean, maybe you give it a one-hour change, but just remember that children and animals are really creatures of routine, and yeah. routine is kind of queen. So. If at all possible, keep um, keep that early bedtime, and maybe you just enjoy a little bit more time um, in the evening yourself. But certainly, if you're if you're traveling and you have um, time changes or time zone changes, you're going to think about keeping the routine and the predictability of the structure and the routine of what children need as much as possible. So going in the same order can really be reassuring, okay. right? So let's say the the morning waking routine. You know, your child's going to have their breakfast and then they're going to be ready for some activity. So depending on your child's proclivity to move, maybe after breakfast you want to make sure that they get some of their energy out. Maybe you're going to a park. <laughs> maybe you're you're ready to go out and about. So thinking about what are my child's needs at these different times of the day? What are they typically doing? And trying to mirror it, if at all possible. Uh, and so... Providing connection time is really important, activities, some downtime, some structure, but just a balance of activities and giving your child space to enjoy and cultivate their sense of wonder. I think what I really appreciate about our youngest children is that just kind of anything is really exciting to yeah. them. They are fascinated by a rock. So you really don't have to overdo it right. in the break time and you can really follow their lead as much as possible. Um, and the youngest children really do enjoy a staycation and there's so much to do here in the Bay Area. Yeah, absolutely. I, I remember that. Uh, and uh, when you do a staycation, sometimes you discover things that are just outside your door that you never noticed. Right. Uh, we certainly have that. All right. So that's a general approach. Let's get specific, uh, starting with toddlers. What tips might you have for uh, parents of these young, young kids? Sure. So look at your space. So uh, whether you're staying home for a staycation or maybe you've got a great Airbnb lined up or you're at a grandparent's house, look at your space. And winter is a great time for Montessori in the home. And consider joy checking your child's belongings. Certainly if you're traveling, you're going to want to make sure that there are some activities that are set up for them to have access to independently because they're definitely used to doing that here at school. 
Um, if you're staying home, you enjoy checking your child's belongings before the break and before any holiday gift giving arrives is another tip that I would have. Mm -hmm. In general, we have a lot of stuff, so keeping things simplified, age appropriate, and set up so that your child can be as age appropriately independent as possible is ideal. And just think about the different modalities that they might have. Something to squish, <laughs> that might be Play-Doh or clay, mm -hmm. and you can change those up. Something to build with, that might be Duplos for the youngest toddler, and as they get older into primary, it might be Legos and so on, when that's not a choking hazard. Um, yeah. So also look at what your child's particularly interested in and meet that need. I think it's really great to the, ride those waves of interest. You know, children go through them. It might be a fox one year, and then they might be particularly interested in horses or dogs and so on. So just tailoring and following that interest so that they have things that are high interest, age appropriate, and simple that they can enjoy in their own books. Um, and uh, puzzles are always great. Yeah. Um, and when your child is starting to get into writing for our older children, or even for toddlers, they might be drawing. You know, having an art um, book, you know, with like a spiral bound art book where you, and a collection of uh, large crayons that they can work with is great. Mm -hmm. um, and then as your child gets older into primary, you, you might be having um, a set of pencils out, some colored pencils to inspire writing and drawing and so on, because children always love doing that. Um, and just enjoy sharing your hobbies and interests with your child. I think what you're excited about, what you're jazzed about, they're going to get excited about as well. So, um, but just keep things manageable and work with their natural rhythms. Of course, keeping eating times <laughs> and nap times sacred and bedtime consistent is really important. And consider using clocks or timers and calendars for the primary age child. That's really helpful. Um, there's so much more I could say, but <laughs> I know this is a podcast, but only ask what's reasonable for them. Simple is often best. A couple of hours for an outing is better than an all-day buffet. Yeah. <laughs> I do remember just the exhaustion that a kid, like you, they're really excited at the beginning yeah. and then, you know, they're just the same age and so they're going to They're, they're going to peter, peter out, out. Yeah. 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 So an all-day bonanza is exhausting for everyone and they can't possibly keep up. So try to have... Um, you know, those a couple of hours of an activity, um, a couple of hours of sightseeing, a couple of hours at a museum, and just bring it to a graceful close. Mm -hmm. um, and think about um, windows and timings for outings. I always felt like 9 to 11 was a reasonable window. <laughs> you're done with breakfast. You're not too close to lunch. Um, and, then, and then for the nappers, you know, a 3.30 to 5 is also good. Again, stay, doing the home... Uh, meal times at home tends to be more centering and grounding for them and less noise and less distractions and they're more likely to um, have a nice lunch and then go into their nap. So I assume there's a progression as kids get older. Do you have any specific tips for parents of say two to five year olds? Sure. So uh, uh, a lot of it's going to stay the same. Simple is best. <laughs> Nature walks, beach, um, trips to the library, singing groups, things like that. Family meal times are really important. Um, integrating your child into helping around the home, even if you're traveling, helping with laundry, anchoring the day with simple participation in daily like life activities. Mm -hmm. Even if you're at a restaurant, you know, having them if it's a as, if it's a kind where they can help with the cleanup a little bit, you know, if it's if it's one of those places where you have to bus your mm -hmm. spot, have your child help carry the tray, you know, um, it, and just 
see how they can be involved in even carrying their own items. If you're if you're getting on a plane, give them a backpack mm -hmm. to see if they can start to increase their age-appropriate responsibility. Certainly for the older children, the Lego pieces are gonna change, they're gonna get smaller, to just keep enhancing the level of challenge. Similarly, the puzzle pieces are gonna change, you're gonna move away from the knobbed puzzle pieces to the smaller ones. Just keep upping the ante and upping the challenge. Um, you know, letters might become of interest for them, books about like the sound of letters to reinforce the phonetics. Um, I noticed that play acting, real life activities had a long life at home in, in my home. So a cash register was so fun and there were so many ways and so many angles that that could be enjoyed. We ended up um, having a fun with sort of taking orders and pretending that you were at a restaurant. Yeah. And it was almost, um, you're, you're playing and you're playing pretend in a way, but it's a real life activities. And I think that's a nice place for a primary child to try on their imagination but it's grounded in reality, which really supports them understanding how the real world works. So, you know, um, taking orders and, and, and maybe bringing a cup of tea. Right. <laughs> and they can, you can start to turn the tables where they're bringing, they're bringing something maybe for you. Maybe you're seated and you order mm -hmm. a cup of coffee and maybe they are five and they know how to press the button on the Nespresso machine and they can bring you a cup of coffee and be careful, you know, with the older child. Um, you might have an early reader who might be having early reader books out and you just have a small collection that are of interest to them. You make these opportunities and these availabilities. Maybe you bring a couple of small readers in their backpack on the travel. Um, and so you just create those opportunities and that space for them to engage with things that are of interest and the, the right level of challenge. And I think the older children can kind of keep up with bigger um, travel <laughs> for longer period of times. And, um, you're just gonna follow their lead and you're gonna move the, at the pace of your child. Uh, I heard once from a really wise person that the best time to go to one of the mega theme parks is when your child will have the stamina to wear you out. That's a good note. <laughs> and not to drag them around rather than the other way around. Right. <laughs> um, so just think about um, each stage of life uh, and what, what really meets your child where they are and, and how you can enjoy sharing your interests with them. So you mentioned theme parks, it makes me think about uh, hitting the road. I was of my best memories with, of breaks was like getting in the car. We'd have these long road trips from Cleveland, Ohio, all the way to, uh, we went to um, Yosemite, we went to uh, Yellowstone. Those were some of the best moments and, and even the long car rides. Mm -hmm. What do you, uh, do you have any advice for if someone's hitting the road with their kids, um, uh, the best way to take advantage of those opportunities and um, how to make them work for kids? First of all, I love road trips. Yeah. I'm a huge fan of hitting the road. I think that's one of the things that's really very much in our culture here, <laughs> that the family, it's iconic, right? Mm -hmm. The family road trip. And I also grew up with a, a very iconic family road trip history. We had a light blue minivan and we mm -hmm. were all piled in the back and lots of good times. I think um, have a plan, but be ready for anything. And I think just thinking about yourself as a role model <laughs> is really important because, you know, uh, road trips test everyone's patience and comfort levels, um, especially uh, you know if, if you're getting hungry and tired. So thinking about meal times, as I mentioned, keep the meal time. You know, pull over and make sure that you are well fed and well rested as much as possible. Make them comfy. You know, I'm a fan of having pillows and blankets and cozy. I'm a fan of encouraging children to look out the window, mm -hmm. and I think that makes me a bit of an outlier nowadays. Um, I really recommend that we cultivate and create comfort with looking out the window when we're driving you know that 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 wonder of 
of soaking in the changing landscape, um, the nature that you get to see, um, just the curiosity for that, the patience for that, I think it's something worth really like holding push, on to. Push against this impulse to feel like you're bored and therefore bored needs to be somehow rectified and changed. Yeah. Stay curious. I think that's what Montessori kids do. You know, like I think um, they stay curious about the changing topography, you know, like, and we ourselves have to model that and we have to create this space for that and not rush to entertain or distract our children mm -hmm. from the wonder time, you know, that I think um, is inherently a part of childhood, you mm -hmm. know, pre-devices. And I think that we can I enjoy that in a road trip, right? So let's say that you have a device-free road trip. Let's say you have lots of pillows and blankets and even neck pillows and have fun with it and make it comfy and cozy. Um, I, anyone who knows me knows that I love music and my family loves music. So I'm a huge fan of singing. <laughs> I think tune into the radio, you know, stream your favorite songs. Maybe people make, um, playlists before the road trips you prepare a little bit so mm -hmm. singing and and taking breaks um lots of bathroom breaks with young children um and um be prepared for anything i always have um uh, vomit bags in my car <laughs> if you're a parent and you and you and you're not prepared for vomit you know uh you're not doing your you're, job. no you're doing your job but you know <laughs> i i just think that you you haven't lived until you've you know experienced vomit on the road you know well, or in the like air I've, I've lived yes you know, you've lived or anywhere right it just happens with children right so being prepared for the things that can exit a child at any age i think are important um ziploc bags are fantastic I'm a fan of having sets of clothing in Ziploc bags if you're flying. Um, I think for young children, four sets of clothing in Ziploc bags is brilliant because the dirties go into it. Or if you're really environmentally friendly, they've got these great uh, wet bags now that are reusable and washable yep. and so on. I love throwing away the vomit bag, but yeah. you know, do you? Yeah. And <laughs> um, But be prepared. Sets of clothing is important for flying and road trips. Um, paper towels, just be prepared. Just kind of think about all the potential sideways and then just laugh and roll with it. Um, lots of deep breaths and just know that you're a role model. So being able to stay calm, being polite to people when you go into a gas station and you're, and you're friendly and you're kind and you're respectful, your children are always watching you. Yeah. Um, and so I think when you respect humans who have jobs of all varieties and when you imbue yourself with curiosity and you role model that, you're gonna have a fantastic road trip. But I love having conversations with people that I meet in random Mm -hmm. rest stops, gas station stops, I think are fascinating. Um, and uh, our, our whole country is fascinating. So get out there, enjoy it, and chat with people. Yeah. And, and let your children chat with people if you feel that the person's sending out good energy, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so as we wrap up here, <laughs> uh, can you give one final piece of advice or reminder for people to make the most of these breaks? Uh, do things that both you and your child enjoy front load your attention. I think children really want our time and attention and front load it when they are alert and curious, you know, so that, like I said, those windows of activity, like, like we were mentioning, if you were, if you were sleeping in a little bit and having a slower breakfast, think about that nine to 11, what's something meaty and fun that we could do together. Um, and then think about how to carve out periods of darkroom time. Always have extra clothing, bring extra clothing for yourself too, if you're traveling far. 
And then think of activities that are fun. You know, I love um, when I'm flying to bring um, wiki sticks because they're sticky and they're, you can mold them into different shapes. I think for young children, if you're taking a flight, read about airplanes and um, give them the vocabulary and have simple books that describe the different compartments and talk about where the cargo goes and look at that and observe it. So creating the, the opportunity for conversations about what you see, add the vocabulary, um, and then allow them to journal. You know, for the youngest children, just drawing is really a great way for them to stay um, engaged. And then for the older children, have them journal about their trip and travel. Drawing, mm -hmm. art, music, curiosity, vocabulary building, conversation, and then some silence. Mm -hmm. like, Value silence, value wonder, value just looking out the window. Yeah, okay. All right, and then they'll come back to school and they'll be refreshed and ready and yeah. have and, stories to tell. And give yourself some buffer time to return. Mm -hmm. You know, I think if possible, try to get back into your routine. And definitely the night before school, always get a good night's good rest. Night okay, all right. Well, very good. Thank you, Siri, for joining. It's uh, good to get your advice um, right before we... Uh, take off. Um, and anyone out there, thank you for listening uh, for this episode or to the other ones throughout the last year. Um, please uh, take uh, a minute and go to groundedandsoaring.org. You can see more podcasts there. There's blog posts, a lot of that. Uh, we love reviews, uh, questions, suggestions. There's ways to do that on um, on the website as well. So thank you and uh, we we'll look forward to uh, break. We'll see you in January. Can't wait to hear about all the fun adventures that you guys go on. Let us know where you go and yeah. all the fun you have. And I hope that everyone stays healthy. Yes. Stay healthy.